Welcome to the Experience Start Podcast. I'm your host, Brett Twitty, and you are listening to a new episode. On this episode of the podcast, we continue our ongoing spotlight on the academic experience here at the Darden School of Business with a conversation with Learning Team 6. Uh, this is a first-year learning team featuring members from our full-time MBA class of 2024. And if you've ever wondered how a learning team sets norms, how they decide to work together, how they divide up the work, and so much more, you have come to the right place. This conversation is essential listening. So without further ado, here's my interview with Learning Team 6 from our full-time MBA class of 2024. Mary Liz, Gerardo, Lindsay, Max, Peter, Alyssa, Rauf. Welcome to the podcast. Thanks, Brett. All right. For our listeners, the level of complexity here for this Learning Team podcast, very high for your podcast host. We have a total, this is a new record, seven people, seven guests here. Um, so this is, a, this is a podcast conversation with Learning Team 6 from the full-time MBA program. So great to have them here. Uh, they are basking in, in quarter four, taking electives, picking their classes, um, and so first and foremost, Mary Liz, how's everything going? How are you doing? Uh, doing pretty well, doing pretty well. It's a big shift to be doing electives and getting ready for the summer rather than uh, our core classes, which are very predictable and everything kind of follows a set schedule. In uh, Q4, everything is much more hectic. All your commitments are different from everyone else's. So, but it's been fun. Gerardo? How is how is everything with you? How are you doing? Quarter four is it, is it a hectic quarter for you? Mm, sort of. I'm enjoying my classes. Get to pick what I wanted to learn. Though now, looking in hindsight, I really appreciate the the core. I initially was hesitant about having classes in every type of knowledge marketing operations, but now I appreciate having. Like the base is done, and now I get to choose where I, I want to learn more. Is there a class that you're taking this quarter that you're really excited about or enjoying? Oof. Surprisingly, financial reporting. I was not into accounting before coming here. And the class, I'm enjoying it a lot. I have the 8 a.m. on Mondays and Tuesdays. And I really like the class, the professor, we we get to discuss things about companies that you usually don't talk about. And it really broadens how you understand a, a public company specifically. Yeah, I guess 8 a.m. on Mondays and Tuesdays, it's not such a big lifestyle shift, given that you've had 8 a.m. classes for the first three quarters of the core. So it isn't. And I, I have a kid, so I I wake up early every day so it didn't make a difference if it was later and i would still wake up early so all right well Lindsay, how are you doing doing well i feel like q4 just slipped right through my fingers it went by so quickly um but like the others have said really enjoy the classes i like the schedule difference like i now have a break in my day from the beginning of the day to the end of the day um so i have time to catch up or do workout. Um, so a little bit more in control of my time, I feel like, than I was in four. And is there a class that you're taking that you're really enjoying? Um, agree with Gerardo. Financial reporting really was, really is a great class. Um, I'm going to say valuations, although it's 
it's been really difficult. I feel like I've pushed myself a lot and learned a ton in the class. Um, so, so feeling, feeling good about that. All right, Max, how are things for you in quarter four? Great. I think everybody's touched on it. Definitely like uh, the agency, a little bit more time in the middle of the day. Um, I guess one negative is I don't get to see all these friendly faces quite as much um, as opposed to the two to three times a week. We I think we've done a decent job scheduling something at least once a month, but um, miss a little bit of the routine, but uh, mostly positives overall. Yeah. All right, Peter, how are things with you? You doing all right? I'm I'm surviving. Um... Yeah, no, my line is I'm healthy and my family's healthy, so everything else is a plus. And I would consider everybody here part of my family, so I'm glad that everyone is doing well. I know people. some people are done recruiting, some people are still recruiting, so um, just figuring out that process has definitely been an exciting part of the journey. Um, I, I would echo a lot. It's nice to have a little bit more freedom with my schedule. The classes I'm taking are super interesting. I especially I'm enjoying um, valuations is definitely just powerful and effectual entrepreneurship is, is actually very applicable for me right now because I'm working on both a startup nonprofit and a startup for profit. So being able to actually apply the lessons I'm learning in class as I'm going through the process with these personal projects has been incredibly valuable. Two startups simultaneously. Awesome. I'm, a, I'm a glutton for punishment. That's big. Alyssa, how are you doing? I echo a lot of what everyone said. I definitely miss seeing these people regularly every week um, and just are even beyond the content, just getting together and being in the same space was so nice. Um, I'm a creature of habit, so the predictability of the core structure, it was kind of jarring at first going into Q4, not having that, um, but I definitely do not miss 8 a.m.s. <laughs> and I think... Um, I don't really have a favorite class per se, but I do love seeing how folks from other sections kind of operate and think and being in classes with different people has been really exciting. Um, just getting to know classmates outside of the 69 people that I was with for three quarters has been really nice. What section were you, Alyssa? Proud section D. Last place in Darden Cup, but first place in my heart. Sorry, right, Darden Cup uh, results have just come out. Section C, C is for champions. I think that was the uh, the note in the DSA update. Maybe that's a little too soon for this kind of update, perhaps. Um, yeah, there's no comments. Never too soon. Uh, Rove, how are you doing? I'm doing good, Brad. Thanks so much. Um, yep, it's been it's been a great quarter. I think the quarter has flown by past so fast. Um, also, the month of April. Um, has been a confluence of many things at once for me. Um, there's been Ramadan, there's been Eid, also recruiting um, in a new class with new faces, different people. I don't get to start my week uh, with my learning team and I don't get to end the week uh, with my learning team. So, so that's been a big miss, but um, it's been good. It's been great. All right, we're going to continue to sort of set the stage a bit and then we're going to talk about how your learning team worked together as you navigated the core curriculum. Thought it would be nice for prospective students to hear one team's dynamics, how they how they manage the workload uh, in the first year. Um, so, Lindsay, can I come to you first uh, with this question? I just want to talk a little bit more about your background and how you decided to pursue an MBA and what brought you to Darden. So tell us your story. Um, so I didn't expect to end up at business school looking back. Um, on In undergrad, I was pre-med. I was a chemistry major, very set on that. Um, ultimately decided against that route. 
um, but still knew I was very passionate about science and healthcare. So I ended up after undergrad uh, doing healthcare consulting for six years, which I loved and learned a ton of new skills. However, due to my academic background being hard sciences, I, I still felt like I was missing some foundational business skills, despite in consulting, learning enough to be dangerous, still felt like I was missing um, some of that foundation. So knew I wanted to go back, one, to get kind of that acad academic foundation, two, to pivot my career away from consulting, but continue in healthcare. Um, those were the two main reasons that I wanted to come back to business school. All right. And how'd you end up at Darden? I ended up at Darden. I was living in DC right before this. So Darden was pretty close by. I'd visited Charlottesville before and was just sold on the place. Um, Darden was the only school I applied to. Um, so just was sold on the beautiful location, the atmosphere and the warmth that I got from everyone I networked with here. Um, and then also the academic rigor was something that was really important to me. I've appreciated as I've had these conversations with folks here on the podcast about the reasons why people have landed in Darden. Academics comes up time and again. I think the people who land here are really drawn to the quality of the academic experience, uh, maybe like school, want to be in a place where school is, is front and center. Um, Max, how about for you? Tell us a little, little more about your story and how you decided to pursue an MBA and landed here at Darden. Sure, happy to. And I think you're going to hear a lot of similar sentiments from my story as Lindsay's. I got an undergrad business school uh, degree, accounting and finance, and then went into consulting for a couple of years. I think the only thing that's different with Lindsay's story, I wasn't quite sure I wanted to go get an MBA. Um, take the two years. Do you do a part-time program? Do you do um, a shorter full-time program? At, they run the gamut now. I think what tipped me over the edge in, into saying yes was the ability to uh, pivot into more sustainability energy transition type work. Um, I know uh, Darden has a number of classes that cover that. Um, and with the academic rigor, they do it well. I thought it'd be a good opportunity to kind of put together uh, my passion for uh, environmental type work, as well as uh, I'll be going into consulting again to learn that and upskill quickly in that area to, to shoot my career forward. Um, also kind of why Darden wanted to look at programs that weren't in big cities. Uh, so uh, narrowed that down to a few and was super excited when I got into Darden um, and do not regret it. I've loved it so much. A lot of that uh, is a testament to this group and the strength of this group here, um, as well as a lot of other things about the program. Yeah, um, I've loved my first, was it eight months now here? Yeah, I'm super excited for next year too. That's great. All right, Peter, how about you? Um, tell us your story and, and how you decided to pursue an MBA and what brought you to Darden? Yeah, I, I think I've got a kind of a different pathway. So I spent the last two years at the law school. Um, and when I was deciding what I wanted to do for graduate school, knew I wanted to get a law degree, was thinking about ways I could supplement that. And I've always loved business. In undergrad, I studied government and was an entrepreneurship fellow. And I kind of wanted to keep that exposure to business going. And um, when I got to UVA Law, I decided, hey, there's this incredible business school. And I wanted to be part of both communities. And so Applied, was waitlisted, did everything I could to get off that waitlist. I, I came to Darden classes as a law student and just tried to sit in as much as I could. Um, and then when and then applied the next cycle again and was lucky enough to be admitted. And I'm, I'm glad it took an extra year because 
allowed me to, to be in a learning team with these, these great folks. So um, I, I think there's a lot you can do with the JD MBA. We'll, we'll see what turns up because I'm still looking, but um, overall just very grateful for the opportunity have learned an incredible amount. And to the point of academics, that was the, one of the reasons why I wanted uh, Darden. I don't have a business background and I came to graduate school straight through. So I wanted to really learn the language of business and be able to operate in these spaces. Thank you. And to the point earlier about the core curriculum and getting a foundation and everything before you start taking electives, if you don't have prior background, well, you will have background after the core is done. Alyssa, how about for you? What, what's your story? How'd you decide to pursue an MBA? And what brought you to DART? Sure. So I actually went to UVA for undergrad as well. So I was familiar with Charlottesville. Um, I think it's a very different experience being 18 through 22 um, here in this town, but um, I was working in the nonprofit civil rights advocacy space before this, uh, and I noticed I didn't know a lot of people in those networks who had MBAs. They had MSWs, they had MPPs, um, but that certain combination of letters was kind of foreign in that space. And I felt like I wanted to learn how to speak to other sectors, um, eventually to hopefully facilitate public-private partnerships and really push civil rights from many angles. So that's what kind of drove me to pursue the MBA. And one of the draws for Darden for me was that you could do a dual degree. Um, and so I spent last year actually in the public policy program. Um, and so for me, it was like a great blend of policy and business, two things that I was tangential or foreign to before um, and being able to do both. And to Peter's point, I was in uh, grad school last year, but I'm very glad that with this class, I so happened to meet these six people. All right, we've covered a lot of ground so far on this podcast. We've got dual degrees going, we've got lots of different paths to Darden. Uh, this is great. How about you, Ruth? What's your What's your story and how did you decide to pursue an MBA and what brought you to Darden? Yeah, so I completed my undergraduate in accounting and finance back home in Malaysia. Um, I always knew from the moment I graduated that I wanted to gain international exposure uh, from a social, academic, um, and career standpoint. Um, so the MBA was always in the pipeline. And in my most recent role, I was working with um, superiors and bosses who all had MBAs from the US, and I could see the difference in their thought process. So that that kind of drove the impetus um, for me to, to, to want to pursue an MBA further. But in terms of why Darden, I wanted a program where I'd be able to hear to different viewpoints with hopes of uh, changing mind. Um, and Darden provides that through the case study method. Um, I also wanted to be in a city in a town um, where it's relatively quiet because I come from a bustling city, Kuala Lumpur, back home in Malaysia. So I think life is a lot simple here. Um, and I also wanted the career switch to consulting. So, so those are some of my you know, main reasons as to how I ended up here at Darden in Charlottesville. Yeah, I appreciate your point about you know changing your mind or sort of being exposed to different perspectives. Uh, we had a mock class, a virtual mock class with a business ethics professor, Andy Wicks, where at the conclusion, he really challenged the attendees to say, all right, we've had this discussion. All right, what is it? And think about this as you as you go forth from this discussion. What would it what would it have taken to have changed your mind? What would have been the information that you would have needed? To actually shift your your opinion. And I thought that was so interesting because mm -hmm. obviously in this world right now, everybody's so fixed and so locked into how they think mm -hmm. about, about things. So it's interesting to think about not only seeing it from another perspective, but maybe actively changing your opinion. Yeah. So yeah. All right. Mary Liz, come to you next. Uh, tell us your story. 
Sure. So um, I came to Darden because eventually I want to start a business um, in consulting. By the um, the academic rigor, uh, specifically the ethics faculty, was a big draw for me. Uh, just like Lindsay Darden's the only place I applied. Um, I actually kind of applied in a rage. I had a, a bad experience with a coworker who um, was my boss only because he had an MBA. He, not from Darden, uh, was not very good. Um, and I was like, it's ridiculous that this guy thinks he deserves to be better than me. He's not better than me. I can get an MBA. And I rage took the GMAT and uh, applied round two immediately after doing that. Didn't think I'd get in, figured, you know, I would do a proper attempt back when the cycle came around and uh, then I did get in. So I came. That's an amazing story. What motivation? Golly, uh, singular focus. I'm going to get into an MBA program and you did it and you're here. You're on the podcast. I did. I did. Didn't think it was, didn't think that's how it turned out, but it is. All right, Gerardo. How about you? What's your story? What's your background and, and how'd you end up here at Darden? Well, I'm from Colombia in South America. I also come from a big city, not as big as Kuala Lumpur, but Bogota is pretty hectic, bad traffic if you've been there. Um, I used to work for GM in Colombia. I'm a big car guy, love the industry, and I wanted to be able to be part of the decisions that impact the world. And I thought that the MBA would give me that opportunity to go go higher within the corporate structure. And that's what motivated me to apply for an MBA. Why Darden? I have a family, I'm married, I have a kid, I have dogs, and we didn't want a big city. I didn't want a commute. I wanted to be in a beautiful place where I could hike. I big fan of the case method. I, I like discussing things. I like to express my mind. I'm not timid in that way. So it, it draw me a lot to Darden, just having the case method. And I think that part of the MBA experience is not only learning the knowledge, but also how you communicate it, how you can get people to understand why you're thinking, why you're making that decision. And the case method really emphasizes on that. Like you need to be able to tell why you're thinking something. And I, that's why I applied to Darden. Excellent. All right. So now let's let's turn the conversation to talking about the learning team, uh, learning team six. Alyssa, you helped coordinate all of these people and get them all to this podcast conversation. So I'm going to come to you with this first question. Tell us about the learning team. How would you describe uh, your learning team to, to someone who maybe doesn't know as much about learning team six? Um, I think as listeners might be able to tell, we are all very different. Um, I think there's a lot of personality on our team, which I love and I adore. And I think we easily could have honestly combusted. I think um, we, we were really intentional at the beginning to kind of level set and to talk about how we are going to work together as a team. Um, and I think that's really what created a team out of it. It wasn't just seven people coming together every week and kind of being transactional. Um, it was seven people who knew about, you know, Gerardo's dogs and, you know, 
Ralph's wife and we had snacks. And I think we really tried to foster a space where we were first full humans versus just folks that we share case summaries with. Um, And so I think that is what kind of really drove our success and why I think seven people still enjoy hanging out, even when we're not (laughs) casing together or having to have any classes together for some of us. So I think that's what really helped us bond. Rauf, what do you enjoy about learning team six, being a part of this team? I think for me, it's just the fact that um, I was able to witness how the friendship grew over the past three quarters. That's one. Um, Knowing where we started and how we um, ended, you know, quarter number three. Uh, But beyond that, um, this group was my family away from home for me. Um, I interacted the most with them on a weekly basis. I started my week uh, by meeting them, ended the week again by meeting them. Um, and, and for me, that was the, the high point uh, beyond the academics. Um, I'm also the sole Malaysian here at Darden. Um, and, and so all the more important um, as to what this group meant um, to me. That's such a nice thought. Uh, your, your family away from home and, and having that social social network. Uh, Mary Liz, uh, how about for you? Uh, what did you enjoy about being a member of this team? Um, I, I love being part of this team. I would like to tell a story about the first time that we met when we did a norm setting thing. Alyssa knows I'm going to tell a story, (laughs) but, um, we were setting our team norms and we, we were discussing, you know, the question was, what do we want out of this group? And the, the minimum is, you know, people to help you prepare for classes, but, um, I, with this group of near total strangers, uh, said, you know, I actually want us to be friends. Like I want us to hang out. I want us to be personally friends. And Alyssa, my good friend now responded, well, I don't really need any more friends. So I don't know that that's what I want out of this. group. And I think she wants to comment, <laughs> but um, after that conversation, it took time to really build back up and we did end up being friends. So I got what I wanted, um, but we did have to have like a very serious discussion about like, are we going to spend time socializing before we start talking about our cases? Are we going to hang out outside of our scheduled meeting times? How frequently are we going to meet? Are we going to meet online? Um, and all the choices that we made, I think, fostered becoming friends. And it was nice to be able to say that that is what we wanted or that isn't what we wanted because that let us guide our decisions to to buy snacks or to spend the extra time chatting. And I've, I'm glad we did that. Yeah, it's interesting. It's a, Nobody's technically in charge, so you kind of have to figure out how do you want to do this. It's one of the important things for all learning teams. Uh, Alyssa, I will say, as Mary Liz was telling that story, and you had a bit of a reaction. I want to give you an opportunity to respond. Is this exactly how you remember this conversation? You know, this group will never let me live this down. I did not mean to say that sentiment. I think I, I was coming from a place of, you know, everyone's coming here with different things. People have families, people have children, you know, people have 
life, full lives outside of this program. And so to me, it was, I didn't want to ask too much of folks. Like I know what, what it means for someone to be a friend to me is it's like, it's work, it's time, it's investment in me as a person. And I didn't necessarily want to put that burden on people. Um, but as you can see, and as Mary Liz pointed out, that is what happened. And I, and I do think it was because of some of the choices we made very early on to create that space and to hold that space and to be able to be open with each other at the very beginning, saying what we wanted and needed out of this group. I appreciate that. I mean, there's a lot of choices that you're making with your time, with your energy in business school. And I mean, that's one of the things that we talk about a bunch here on the podcast is just how intentional you need to be uh, when you have so many things competing for your time and your attention and your energy. Gerardo, um, what have you enjoyed about being a member of this learning team? That we are so different. I honestly think that we weren't going to last. I'm... <laughs> Very happy to see Pete and Alisa in the same room. They are so close and so far away. You can't imagine like the spectrum there on both ends. That's how I can put it the best way. And I think we managed to be respectful to each other, hear each other's thoughts. Um, perhaps as you mentioned with Andy, what would change your mind? And it took listening some comments that perhaps you wouldn't want to hear, but actually it helps a lot. And again, comes back to the Darden experience, case method, learning team, being able to communicate, to listen to each other. And I think what I appreciate the most from the learning team is that we're different industries, nonprofit, for-profit, different regions of the world, rough, Southeast Asia, me, South America, all over the US. And I think that gives gave us all a lot of perspective. And another thing that we did was, there are some issues on which we will never agree, but we are able to hear what the other thinks and build our own opinion based on that. Well, this is so fascinating to me, this like, Maybe we were too different. Maybe this whole thing wasn't going to work. And yet I will say we reached out to the Office of Student Affairs and said, are there any full-time MBA learning teams that you think would be good to have on the podcast? Y'all were at the very, very top of the list. They're like, you have to talk to learning learning team six. And I think that's probably a compliment to the, all the work, all the progress that you've made from that maybe first conversation where people maybe didn't exactly have the same idea in mind to uh, where you are are now. So, Lindsay, can we talk a little bit more about how you figured out how you're going to work together? Because I think this is always a, a challenge for, for teams. I mean, you, you mentioned, alluded to it already as we've gone through this conversation to meet in person, to meet virtually, to, to just do cases, to actually have social experiences um, together, to have more of that social element present. So how did y'all figure out what were you going to do? Um, yeah, it was definitely a learning process. Um, I will say, in addition to the norm setting exercise that we did at the beginning of the kind of formation of the team, every single learning team meeting, we put up an agenda on the board and there was time to like chat and catch up. And specifically, we used that time to do an icebreaker question. And as time went on, the icebreaker questions got weirder and weirder. And I think it just showed like how much we had grown comfortable with each other. So I think my one, like one thing I would say is 
just getting comfortable with the group, no matter how you want to do that. Ours was like weird icebreaker questions. Um, but that was one way we figured out how to work together and norm setting. And then two, um, early on, we were really struggling with time management. Um, and we were just spending like hours kind of spinning, didn't know what we were supposed to be doing with the case. And we had this guardian angel of a second year uh, student walk into our learning team room and and say to us like, hey, I heard you guys were struggling a little bit from the other side of the room. Um, like, I just wanted to provide some advice. Like, don't feel like you need to spend so much time in this area. Just like all this tactical advice, um, particularly around time management and like where to focus our time and time box the cases and how much, how long you're spending on it. So I think in terms of working together and figuring that out, it was a journey, but part of it was really getting to know each other and also making sure we were, we were managing our time appropriately. Yeah, Max, what would you want to share here about how you work together, how you figured out how you're going to work together? What jumps out to you? Sure. So I would just want to echo the way Lindsay explained all that. I couldn't have put it better myself. I guess, I guess going one layer down tactically, something Gerardo did that was super helpful for the team was at the beginning of every quarter would have this randomizer that would in an Excel document assign everything out so that then it created a open and easy to plan marketplace for people saying, hey, you know, what? this is my birthday. Can I trade a case for, you know, earlier in the week or the next week? So everybody got the same amount of exposure to giving classes, but also, uh, you know, could just uh, raise conflicts ahead of time where I know that's something maybe other learning teams didn't do as well. They would assign cases on a weekly basis, which Sounds like it might not be that big of an ask, but everybody gets busy that kind of getting out in front of that and knowing what's, you know, three weeks, four weeks down the road was super helpful. Um, but yeah, I think keeping it light and keeping everything authentic, everybody felt like they could bring their own authentic selves to the team and feel welcome, um, you know, regardless of what was going on, whether it was an up or a down week for recruiting your personal life. Um, it was good to have that sense of home and uh, a common place to go to to share, you know, how everything is going and to work through problems together because the cases are hard, class is hard. Um, good to have a good home base where everybody's on your team. Peter, I want to build upon what Max just shared. So, okay, you get assigned a case. What What is your responsibility to the team uh, with respect to that case? What do other people have to do uh, with with that case? Yeah, so I think this comes back to... <clears throat> kind of norm setting and, and kind of talking about what we planned and needed out of the group. And to Rado's point, that's what allowed us to work together, even though we had differences, because, you know, Alyssa and I might disagree on one, two, five, or a hundred different things, but if they're not mission critical to understanding the case, then it's not worth spending the time in learning team hashing out that argument. So we were kind of very quickly to be able to say as professionals, right, this is what we need to get done in order for this group to be successful. And what that meant for us at a baseline was getting everybody prepped enough from a learning team meeting that they could walk into class the next day and be able to participate and understand what was going on in the case. And that meant functionally that you were responsible for the case that you were assigned. And if you could only do one case to prepare for the next day, you had to prepare the case that everyone else was relying on you to teach them about. And so we had a real sense of ownership of people. People went to great lengths to make sure that the cases that they were assigned to were prepped to a level that everybody else on the learning team could review the material with you, walk through it with you, and really understand what was going on. And not only did that allow people to become to proficient in the case that they were assigned on, but it also allowed the group 
as a whole to be able to understand across different classes and different sections the necessary information that was required to be able to be a full Darden student and to participate fully in the case method. And one of the things I'm really interested in, Rauf, is that you are all in different sections, right? So you do this case prep and then you go off to class and maybe the exact conversation that you have in each class is a little bit different, different mix of people. I mean, the faculty, they work together, they have teaching goals. There's a learning team of faculty operating in the background, but what what did you do after you, did you come back after those conversations in class and talk about what happened in your class or what you talked about? Was there a feedback loop? Um, what was that like? So I think the process is such that you discuss with your learning teammates and then you go to class the following day um, and provide your input as and when you, you know you deem fit right i think mary list can even attest to this at most times what we discuss in the learning team group might not actually come out in class i might have a completely different viewpoint from what we actually discuss in the learning team group um, and then once that process is done at class uh, the conversations are completely different in class because it's a function of everyone's input in class and everyone has something different to say um, and then we would kind of uh, get back together the following day to just rehash the case real quick, a quick, you know, five second summary or catch up if the cases were particularly challenging or, or difficult. Um, so that process also leads into um, the process of changing our own viewpoints on a particular topic, subject, etc. cetera. Um, and, and that's basically how it's been for the past uh, four quarters, really. I'm Mary Liz, I'm, I'm curious. Um... Did you work with it? I mean, so obviously we're talking about sort of week to week, the case management. What about when exams come up? I mean, are you still working with the learning team at that time to get ready for exams? Or is it more of sort of individual prep? This is, I'm now asking questions that I'm, I'm just curious about, but I'm sure this is on some of our prospective students' mind too. Yeah, so um, every learning team handled exams differently and we had a pretty good amount of discussion because the way we typically handled cases is you were expected to pay um, come prepared with your case extremely well done, and there was no expectation that you did more than skim the other cases. However, the cases prior to exams are usually a practice from a previous year. So navigating whether we should still expect one person to entirely prep that exam prep case or each person should take a crack at it was something that we had to negotiate in terms of each class and each person's need. I think we made a wiser choice early on than some other teams because each of us has a different sort of subject matter expertise. So if you did finance before, it makes sense theoretically for you to do all the finance cases. But in fact, then you get to the end of the year and only one person who already knew the material has ever prepped a finance case. So we made the wise choice to divide that up and that made it much easier when we were prepping for exams to say you know we will have one person be our lead on each exam case but the expectation is let's all really try and do it based on the work we've done already super interesting i i really i mean i recognize that every team's going to do this differently but i'm also curious about your advice for future learning teams so gerardo uh, some of our listeners are incoming students going to start at Darden uh, this August. We'll be assigned a learning team. That's true across all of our MBA programs, um, full-time, part-time, and executive MBA. Uh, what would you what would you share with future learning teams? Something for them to keep in mind. 
I want to echo what Pete and Max, well, everyone said earlier, bring your true self to the learning team. Otherwise, it won't work. You'll be tired. You, depending on the time when you meet some learning teams met earlier or later, thank you to the seven of us or the six of them that allowed me to be home with my kid when putting him to, to bed and everything. And then I could go to the learning team. But just thinking your, your, your true self and trying to build that, that trust with everyone. I think that's the, the most important one. Um, I think one part is the learning team, you will meet people that are very different from you and is keeping an open mind about that, keeping an, an open mind to hear something that perhaps you will dislike. But that's the, I would say, the most enriching part of the whole process. And if you are looking to come to Darden and meet the same people you already know, I think that's a mistake and avoid that. You should come to Darden and really get to know people from all different parts of the world, different perspectives per perspective of on life. And that's what's enriching. And I think the learning team really helps with that. You introduced an interesting thing I have not asked about yet, time. Uh, when did y'all meet um, and how you figured out that time? Um, Lindsay, can you tell us a little bit more about when uh, you met as a group and how you figured out the optimal time for y'all to meet? Yeah, I think Gerardo had a, a big say in it. He His baby was 17 weeks old, I think. Was that right, Gerardo, when we first started? So, like, we all understood, like, this man has the most going on in his life. <laughs> so we need to be respectful to his time. Um, and I think a lot of us were relatively flexible beyond that. I knew I didn't want to meet too, too late in the evening. Um, but yeah, I think it was in that initial norm setting that we said, like, what's a good time for most people? And yeah, just recognizing people's lives outside of learning team and outside of school was important and listening to each of those. All right, Max, uh, what would be your advice for future learning teams? Something that you would encourage a uh, learning team to think about? Sure. So I grabbed a pen and made a list. Um, so try to be prepared. I guess one thing uh, on top of what Lindsay just said, and it's a little bit more tactical to start, we started meeting, I think, three days a week, and you'd prepare for multiple days of class. Uh, by the end, though, we got in enough of a rhythm and with recruiting ramping up in November and Q2 ended up being in Q3, um, ended up being only two days a week. So knowing how to make those adjustments on the fly and work well together, um, thanks to Sakari, the angel who came into the room and helped us with that. You don't need to meet every night. You don't need to cover every class the same exact way. Um, but in terms of overarching themes, uh, assume positive intent with the people in the room with you. Everybody's there to have a growth mindset set and learn um, that will allow you to then bring your true self and disagree respectfully with the other extremely smart people in the room. Um, I would also yeah, plan cases by quarter, as I mentioned, try and meet in person as much as possible. I know other learning teams struggled because they didn't do that and you don't have the opportunity to be in the same room. It's not always going to work out. People are running around and busy, but try your best. Um, and then uh, snacking is also a uh, core to the, uh, you know, keeping everybody happy and healthy. I appreciate the point about snacking. A nice thing about meeting a person, I think every learning team is assigned a room. Like you, you have a room that's reserved for you that you can go and, and meet in. So it makes it even logistically simpler. Um, Peter, 
I wonder if you have any advice for future learning teams. Uh, yeah, it's a great question. Um, yeah, we were learning team room 137. And uh, once a quarter, two of us would volunteer and we'd go to Costco and load up on snacks. And so we had that set up in our corner of the room. Um, I would I would echo the being in person, I think, made a huge difference. And the expectation was that everyone attended every single meeting. Um, obviously, sometimes people had travel or a wedding or they were sick. And so we made accommodations for that. But this was a first priority for people. You would never miss learning team because you had to go to the gym or something like that. That was just um, was different. And I think in that sense, part of it's luck in that we got a team of people who all lean in and who all care. And so when you have a team of people who are committed, even when things get in the way, right, the, the commitment to the process to the group is, is critical to its success. And I think there were a couple of things we did that, that enabled that sort of buy-in so I think upfront, like the preparation that we did, we did like a two hour long meeting in our first week as a team to talk about why did you come to Darden? What is your goal with this team? What do you need out of this team? And to set expectations, because then when we can all agree that the mission is that we're prepped for class, we can orient ourselves around that mission. And that provides structure and clarity and direction from when we're trying to run the team going forward. And then within the kind of daily process of being a team, we had these icebreakers and it, we did this thing where you you wouldn't just do an icebreaker where you answered a question about yourself, you would pull other people in. So we'd say like, if you had to list somebody else as a genre of music, what genre of music would they be? And you'd get this, you know, and, and you'd encourage interaction between members of the team. And we did that for 15 minutes at the beginning of every meeting before we worked through our three cases for the day. And then at the end of every week, we did kind of a weekly wrap up where we looked at the week ahead, but we also kind of just said, okay, we're done with classes for the week. This is our last LT meeting for the week. We're kind of wrapping up and let's do shout outs. Like what is something that somebody else in the team did that you're really happy for? What's something that's on your mind? Well, how can we help each other? Um, and so that was part of our process for those daily meetings. And then outside of that, we made time and space outside of it. We, we did some wonderful cultural celebrations at each other's homes. We went to dinner together. We, we did, we're like this earlier this week, we played volleyball at one of the volleyball courts and, and next week we're going to be grabbing an LT dinner. So I'd say it's that prep work upfront, implementing good processes during, and then having that extra component outside of the room, both in terms of your personality by leaning in, but then also by making time for real relationships develop, all contributed to a really great learning team experience. Thank you, Peter. I have a quick sort of tactical question about the schedule you just shared. So for listeners, they may not know that first year uh, in the core, uh, Darden classes are Monday through Thursday. Uh, you, have, you have Friday off. Um, when would be your last learning team meeting? You mentioned this kind of let's do a wrap up. Let's look ahead of the week ahead. When when was that last meeting that you would have? Yeah, our last meetings, we would meet on Wednesdays from seven to nine. Um, and so eight forty five, nine o'clock Wednesday night, we'd have finished our classes for Thursday and then look ahead to the next week and the weekend and 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 get things rolling from there. Yeah, I, I didn't know this until I came to uh, came to Darden, but Thursday is Darden Friday. Uh, that's right. That's right. That's right. So, um, Alyssa, anything else you'd want to add here? Advice for future learning teams? Yeah, I think folks have all alluded to this, but I feel like for me, my learning team was where I felt really seen. And I think building in those practices where you really do understand, you can tell when someone's having an off day or you can tell when someone might need that 
extra thank you in the WhatsApp for the finance model you built, even if it wasn't that great, you know, just getting those affirmations and, and those, you know, constant, I see you, this is how I see you, um, or just things I think are important to foster in this space. Um, and I think one thing that Mary Liz said to me one time in learning team that has really stuck with me was I was just like down on myself about some model, I think, or some case I didn't really understand. And she was saying, don't insult your intelligence. And I think that is something that whether or not it was explicitly said in our learning team, I think none of us ever let anyone else do that. And I think it's that constant valuing of each other that we practice both in implicit and explicit ways that I think has fostered this friendship and this connection that clearly is going beyond core that we're getting dinner this coming week and we played volleyball this week. So um, yeah, just, just, I think being generous with your affirmations and kind words can really go a long way. Well, we'll ask everybody the same last question. Um, so Mary Liz, when you look back where you were, when you showed up in, I don't know, July, August, Charlottesville, you moved, uh, start the program to where you are now. What's been the impact of your time here at TARP? It's like a pretty big question to throw at someone. Um, I've really uh, tried to push myself to engage with people um, and not expect things to just fall into place. So I think with our learning team, a big takeaway was we were extremely intentional about how we wanted to craft our relationships. And I've gotten much better about being intentional about, you know, this is someone I think is incredible. I will make time to talk to them. I will reach out or, you know, this is an activity I'm extremely passionate about. I will make time to do that. I will go out. I will ask how I can be involved. And um, the ease at which I'm now able to do that from the beginning of the year when I would be, you know, terrified to go ask a second year or really afraid that someone wouldn't want to hang out with me to now I'm just like, cool comment in class. Let's get coffee tomorrow. And people are like, great. See you then. Um, is really wonderful. I think we have a bit of a tradition of asking people unfair and kind of impossible questions here on the podcast. So thank you for um, indulging that. Gerardo, how about how about you? Um, when you look back on the past uh, eight months or so, I think that was referenced here. Um, what's been the impact of your Darden experience? Well, one, as I said in the beginning, I wasn't sure about the core. I also have a business undergrad and I thought like, well, it's going to be the same of the same. Um, but the perspective that you take more from the managerial decision point, it's what really got me like, hey, I'm not, yes, you need to understand the theory, but you need to explain why you're making a decision. And as we all learned, sometimes there is no right decision. It's just how you understand the issue at hand. What actions are you going to take? What's your strategy? And then listen what other people think of your thought process. and. That's it. So I really, really appreciate that part. And I think that's also combined with the case method. You personally, I really like the point of being able to share what I'm thinking and then get the feedback. And that's how I think I've been growing these past eight months. And well, aside from that, the global perspective, I really like the cases that are built on real companies and something that 
coming from Colombia and now being here, I really see that I can apply the knowledge that I'm learning. So that's, that's been for me. And I don't want to miss the opportunity, obviously, meeting the, the learning team. We never referred to each other as learning team six. We were learning team sunrise or team sunrise. So, yes, that's also part of our of our culture, I would say. Wow. Big reveal here in the 11th hour of this podcast conversation. What is the origin story of that name? We had to come up with a name and then, well, six, we, we thought up a, a lot of words that could mean something with six. And then uh, the sun rises at six, or at least in Colombia, all year long. So Team Sunrise. All right. The origin story. I appreciate that. All right, Lindsay, how about for you? Look back on the past eight months. What's been the impact of your Darden experience? Um, I remember being a new Darden student and like just feeling like a chicken with my head cut off, just like very overwhelmed and very nervous and seeing the second years who just exuded poise and confidence. Um, and now eight months later, I don't feel quite to that second year level of poise, but I feel a whole lot more confident than I did when I first came in. Um, so confidence in terms of my kind of academic ability and just my ability to speak in class too. That's something you have to do at Darden. Like you can't just sit and not say anything in class. You are graded on participation. So being forced to participate and share my thoughts was something that pushed me a lot. And I, I grew a lot through that. And I think the other thing too, um, just becoming more relaxed with ambiguity. I think at the beginning of the year, I felt like if I didn't fully understand the case going into class, like it was a disaster, but you learn that the process is that you do as much prep as you can prior to the class. And in class, everything kind of clicks and solidifies. So just trusting the process a little bit more. I appreciate that point. That's a struggle for a lot of students is to figure out where's that line where you're prepared enough to go in and add, but you're 100% prepared. Uh, you'll never be 100% prepared. And that's not a, not a goal. That's not a reasonable goal, at least. Um, Max, how about for you? Um, yeah, a couple things I would echo, you know, trusting the process, it will build your confidence. Um, as somebody at the top of the podcast, you know, I wasn't sure if I wanted to go to business school, um, which to anybody listening, I'd say that's okay. But diving in, doing my best, trusting the process did build confidence. The other adage you do here around Darden is knowing how to say no. Uh, you have, and, and sorry if this is the third time you've heard this metaphor, but you have a three pound bag and there's 10 pounds of awesome stuff that you want to put into it. How, you know, which three pounds do you choose? Do you rotate things in and out? Um, knowing how to do that on the fly is, I wouldn't say I'm perfect at it. Um, I've gotten better at it. Though. Interestingly enough, the three pound bag metaphor has not come up. This is the first mention of it. So I appreciate that, that Max. All right, Peter, um, when you look back where you started to where you are now, um, what's been the impact of the program? Has totally transformed my life for the better. Um, the opportunity that has opened, the personal and professional growth, the people that I've met, the relationships I've developed, the knowledge that I've been able to gain exposure to and try to understand and and, and work with. Um, it it has just changed the way I think about the world, and I will carry that with me until the day that I die. And 
So in that sense, I'm just incredibly grateful to all the different parts of my Darden experience, my section mates, go Section 8 Lions, but also my, my learning team members, my professors, and my friends. This has been, it's such an incredible opportunity to take, to make your full-time job improving yourself and having that space and having the tools of the classroom experience, the learning team experience, um, the relationship development, the time management, and being at a place like Darden, the Axe Toolkits for Personal Improvement is just incredible. And I'm I'm just blessed um, to, to have had the opportunity to, to be here for these past eight months and, and to really try to grow and, and improve myself. Love that idea, turning self-improvement into basically your full full-time job. That's great. Alyssa, how about for you? What's been what's been the impact of your time here at Darden? Yeah, I think just echo like just how transformative it has been. I think I entered into business school really wanting to bring people I know couldn't be in the room with me and the communities that I want to serve and work with and who aren't here at Darden with me, but I wanted to work hard for them. But I think I've equally been as transformed by people who are here with me. And I feel like I've pushed myself harder than I've ever pushed myself. Um, I've become much more comfortable with that ambiguity that Lindsay mentioned. And I think on my finest day, I'm the amalgamation of the people here, you know, the, the six people in our learning team, but also the 68 other people in my section. And, and I just hope to be the best parts of all of those people. So not just the people that I came here wanting to serve and work with, but also the people who I've met here. Um, it's just been equally impactful. Ralph, you get the final word here. So um, what, would you, what would you share as you look back on the impact of your Darden experience thus far? You'll have a whole other year uh, left, by yeah. the way. This is just approaching the midpoint. So I think I'll share my perspective as an international student. Um, firstly, I come from a culture where you only tend to speak up when you have the right answer um, or, or something right to say. Um, so I think firstly, really, is just mustering the courage to engage people, even if you don't have the right answer, to be able to get feedback. Again, here to the different viewpoints with hopes of changing your own, um, that has been a big plus. Um, number two, my professional has exponentially grown, uh, both in the US and beyond the US. I think that's what Darden um, really does. It opens up doors um, that, that you can never imagine. Um, thirdly, also, I have a wife, a partner, um, and I think the confluence of academics, the professional rigor, um, also managing you know the, the personal side of things, I've become a calmer person because um, you have so many swings throughout the the, the first year. Um, and I think also beyond that, just you know build, making new uh, building new relationships, uh, making new friends, uh, learning different cultures, uh, viewpoints, perspectives uh, that has been very uh, fulfilling for me. All right. Well, learning Team 6, Learning Team Sunrise, I guess that's how I should probably refer to you. Um, Mary Liz, Gerardo, Lindsay, Max, Peter, and Ralph, um, thank you so much for uh, coming on the podcast and sharing your story. It's wonderful to be able to feature uh, conversations with, with learning teams here. It's such an important part of the Darden experience. It's technically the, the second step in the four-step learning process here. And so thank you for, for being here and for sharing your story. Thank you for having us. Thanks for having us. Thank you. And that was my conversation with Learning Team 6, or as they shared, Learning Team Sunrise from our full-time MBA class of 2024. As always, if you have any comments, suggestions, requests, anything you'd like for us to cover here on the podcast, we're all ears. We can be reached at Darden, that's D-A-R-D-E-N, 
at virginia.edu. Till next time, stay safe, be well, and thanks for listening.